Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is Paul Madot. I'm excited about this one. I have John Dion. He is VP Sales Enterprise at MZ up in the Northwest. Good morning, John. It's early. How are you? Yeah. Hey, Paul. I'm doing great. Thank you. Great. Listen, say hi to everybody and uh, provide them with a quick intro. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for having me on the show. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, appreciate your audience listening in. And uh, yeah, so so a bit of background on myself. I, uh, you know, in the, in the VP of sales here at MZ, um, have had a, a, a wandering career path starting out, uh, you know, graduating out of school, uh, got into commercial investment real estate for the first uh, four years of my career. It was actually my boxing coach um, in college that recruited me to come and work with him. Um, after that, uh, I spent four years teaching and coaching at a, at a private school in the southeast of North Carolina. And then worked for a series of companies um, after that point in time. So Career Builder, then Fuse, and now MZ, where I lead our commercial and enterprise teams and our business development teams uh, in our enterprise and commercial space. All right. Well, good. Well, listen, I appreciate uh, the time here. And uh, I'm looking forward uh, to getting into it with you. You ready to go? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you just touched on on uh, a meandering career, as so many of us in the world of sales has. Sure. And so uh, let's go back to uh, New St. Andrews College, uh, liberal yeah. arts, uh, science, liberal studies. I'm sure you had a sales a career in your brain. That's what you thought you'd be doing. You thought you'd be in Seattle in 2020 in the Northwest. That, that you had it planned out exactly, correct? Yeah, not at all. No, so. <laughs> all right. So talk to me about yeah. when you were in college, uh, what did you think you'd be doing with your career? Yeah. What was your plan? So really, you know, starting out, uh, you know, as, as, a, as a young man, you know, going back as early as I can remember, right, all I really wanted to do was, was serve my country. So I was, I was destined to be in the military, you know, at least that's what I thought. So I was heading in that direction. Uh, prior to that, you know, just my, my objective in, in college was not to have the kind of what we think of as maybe the stereotypical college experience. Um, I just wanted to get educated. So I wanted to learn you know, how to think, not what to think. You know, I wanted to learn how to get educated um, and, and get it as diverse and, and deep in education as possible. So that led me towards uh, a, a rigorous, uh, essentially an honors college, uh, studying the humanities. It's a lot of reading, a lot of writing. Um, my, my college experience was reading lots and lots of books and writing lots of papers. So it wasn't a lot of partying or anything like that involved. So it was a lot of, it was a lot of kind of thinking and studying at this at this small school that I attended uh, and that's that's really what my college experience was and um, clearly things took a different path than I expected that they would all right and so was that very early on or did you actually start a career in that uh, in that scope at all you know it was actually a series of events that I could not control that led me towards you know getting into sales you know really straight out of the gate so uh, first it was a couple it was a back injury that I had in in college so I had a, a back surgery of which I would have three overall um, so I had is is a herniated disc in my lower back and that that first uh, surgery that I had of three that I would have overall uh, that really caused the, the fluctuation, you know, our country was at war at the time and uh, 
little did I know, you know, it would, it would prevent me from, from joining up um, over the long haul. But um, you know, the, the first kind of interruption in my plans was, was meeting the woman who I would marry. Mm. Um, so we got married while I, I was, a, I was a senior. We met at that time. Uh, she was still in school. Um, we wound up getting married about a year and a half later. And so our, my first, the first three to four years of my career were there, you know, getting her through school and uh, then, you know, progressing with the career after that. Well, you know, John, I appreciate your openness to sharing that because I can't help but think that. So the injury to your back, not only do you have to manage the physical aspect of that and the surgeries and the recovery and the rehab and all that goes with that, having never been through it, I can only imagine <clears throat> like one, how hard one would be, let alone three. But talk to me about the mental side of it. That could not have been like like overly easy for you to just say, well, okay, it's fine. I, I was going to do with this, but it is what it is. I mean, talk to me about how you manage that. Sure. Yeah. You know, at that time, the the, the fire was still you know, burning to, or to, to progress in that career field. So, you know, graduated in 2006, got married a year later in 2007. Um, and then, you know, spent, spent those first four years from, from late 2006 to 2010 in commercial investment real estate, which was also a rigorous time because as we all lived through the recession, totally, right, that was one of the worst times to, to open a new brokerage <laughs> along with, with my boxing coach. So there were a lot of, you know, being newly married, um, you know, working, uh, you know, starting a starting a brokerage with uh, with with my with my business partner, my boss there, and then uh, and then dealing with you know with physical issues. You know, at the time, you know, I was young and I had a passion, so I didn't know any. I knew it was hard at the time, but I didn't. You know, it, it just was what it was, right? It was a task that needed to get done, and so you know, it's just just getting the getting the job finished. Failure wasn't an option. I got it. And so, right. so where were you uh, geographically at this point? Yeah, we were actually here up in the Northwest. In the Northwest. Okay, very good. Okay, so, so you move into commercial real estate, which having worked with more than a few commercial real estate companies as clients, that is no easy task. There are no leads. You have right. to create everything. You might work for a brokerage that's known, but you have to earn everything in that industry, right? And so, so that's you, right. So, so you cut your teeth there for about four years. Um, what did you do after that? Yeah, after that, um, so again, the, the intention at that point in time was to, you know, to still see, okay, you know, hey, I had done this thing, uh, I'd gotten my, got, gotten my wife through college, and so now it was kind of my turn to then pursue other things. And so we, we moved out to North Carolina. Uh, really, the intention there was, you know, that's where a lot of my training would have taken place, um, you know, had I been able to do what I wanted to do. Um, so, what, what wound up happening is, uh, you know, I was medically disqualified for service in the military. And so what the intention was, was one year of teaching and coaching turned into four. Um, as a result of not being able to, to join up in the military, you know, I was looking at different law enforcement options. Wound up getting picked up by the DEA, um, the Drug Enforcement Administration, uh, was, was one of a few hundred candidates that did get picked up out of about 30,000 that applied for the the section that I was in. And uh, it's about a two year application process. Um, I'll tell you through, through those experiences though, um, you know, had my second back surgery during that period of time, which, which ultimately led to my withdrawal. I had to withdraw myself from, from that process um, after kind of getting hired quote unquote. So it was just a few months before I was, was set to leave to the, the Academy in Quantico, but really those four years of, of teaching and coaching and having gone through some of those experiences, 
uh, really not just the teaching and coaching, but, you know, pursuing, pursuing different career fields, pursuing different avenues and, and then not having that work out that those bifurcated experiences, they're really, you know, until you go through some of the downs, some of the, some of the deeper, darker times, some of the more difficult times, you know, it really, it really has set me up well. Um, although I would never have expected it for a career in sales, um, because sales is coaching sales is teaching, right? Sales leadership certainly is, is doing both. Um, but working with clients, you know, sales is communication and the establishment of, you know, finding that common ground, finding that common traction with somebody and then taking them to the next step or series of steps. Those were the skills that I learned, um, teaching at a, at a, in a high performing private school in the Southeast and has really served me well in the years since. Did you find John, uh, and you keep me honest here, that, um, that you, the strength in your faith being a Christian, did you find that that, um, was, was a really big source of strength for you and uh, to get you through like the mindset part of what you were going through? Did you have to lean on that? You must have. Yeah, certainly always. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, the body follows the mind. Um, and, uh, you know, especially certain, you know, certain principles that are really hard to, again, understand before you go through them, like, uh, you know, what does it mean to persevere? Uh, what does it mean to be thankful in the midst of challenges, yeah. you know, in the, mer- in the midst of affliction? Uh, those are things that are all academic until you go through them, right? They're, you can understand the concept, but you don't understand the reality of that until you really do go through something. Uh, that is difficult. And, and of course, our difficulties are graded on a scale, right? Uh, it's just based on our own experiences. And, you know, uh, our own experiences don't even really compare to the difficulties that, that other people have, you know, elsewhere around the world, right? Absolutely. So, you know, out of the seven and a half billion people that are on this planet, you know, we're, we're blessed to be here in the, you know, the North American continent here. Yeah. And, uh, I think that, you know, out of that seven and a half billion people, probably seven billion would trade places with us immediately. In a heartbeat. Yeah, in a heartbeat. So, okay. So you have me fascinated here by your story because I talked about we're meandering, but yours is really, really meandering. Okay. So you, you anticipate serving your country. You, you have a hiccup physically. You get into re- you get into real estate. Okay, got it. Okay, then okay, fine. You then decide I'm going to move to North Carolina. You're now married. Were, were you a dad yet at this point? We had our first two children. Okay, so Carolina. so you have. So you, I was a father of two young kids. So you yeah. have two kids. You then become a teacher coach uh, at, at a school. You did that for how long? Four years. What was behind? What's the story behind leaving? Why did you give that up? Yeah, so it, in uh, in 2014, really, it was uh, again all these all these different things kind of coming together. So when I had gotten hired, you know, by the DEA, when I was selected as a as a candidate, there was a two year application process. You know, I had to go through multiple rounds of physical fitness tests, um, medical exams, polygraphs. So, you know, sitting in the room with the wires hooked up everywhere, being asked. You know, the it's the interrogation, right? It's it's worse than what you think. I it's the Doc this. Brown of Marty McFly, no, right? It was, it was it was worse than anything you've ever seen <laughs> on TV. Let me tell you. Um, and uh, anyway, so going through all of that, you know, all the all the interviews, all all of the different processes, you know, that so that was at the that was right at the end of 2013, right at the beginning of 2014. Um, so we had been there since from 2010 to 2014, and then uh, that's I turned in my resignation. You know, so I turned in my resignation to the school because I, I had the next 30 years of my life planned out. Mm. Right? I was like, this is what's going to happen. 
Well, January of 2014, you know, injured my back for the second time, had surgery two months later in March, um, and then wound up not being able to recover uh, sufficiently from that surgery to then attend the academy, which was in July of that same year. So in 2014. So really, I had no option, right? So it was it was one of those kind of, I would say, the darkest moment of, of my life in terms of, you know, lots of responsibility, a father, of two children, you know, the sole breadwinner of our family and uh, having being on a teacher's income, which, as we know, is not glorious and having no job. So there I was, you know, thinking, OK, well, well, what do I do now? You know, what is plan B? You know, so so spent five minutes wallowing in, you know, my my own self misery sure. and then thought, you know, well, hey, there's there's you know no time for this. So thinking through, you know, well, what do I want to do? Where where am I? You know, where are my gifts? What is the plan B? What am I most interested in next? And, you know, that's always been leadership and, and finding a career that is sort of limitless in that sense that the harder you work, the more you can produce. Mm -hmm. So where'd you go? Yeah. So at that point, uh, found a job in, in Atlanta, uh, worked for, you know, got hired and worked for um, a, a, still a, a great friend uh, today, a guy named Just Frierson in, in Career Builder down there at their Atlanta offices. So we relocated down there kind of sight unseen, uh, wow. went down there, uh, spent, spent two years with, with career builder, um, working for working, uh, getting promoted twice while I was there and working for a variety of, of people there. All right. So you're, all right. So you, 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 I'm in here on this one. So you're in North Carolina. I'm sorry. You have another hiccup physically. You then decide, okay, you move again. You move your family down to Atlanta for, right. for two years, uh, working for somebody that you respect, a colleague of yours, promoted for two years. Um, what happened with CareerBuilder? Yeah, so with CareerBuilder, um, you know, for anybody who's followed their story since then, so I left in 2016, you know, worked for them from 2014 to 2016. Uh, CareerBuilder was a, was a great step for me in that, you know, they, you know, I'm extremely thankful to the organization and particularly to the, the gentleman that hired me uh, because, you know, they gave me, they gave me the next path. Uh, there were, you know, CareerBuilder's organization since then has, has not done great. They have mm. not been thriving. And that was really, you know, one of the other things that is important to me, as you can probably gather, is, you know, leadership, um, ideas like, you know, truth and justice, integrity, those types of things, where, you know, quite frankly, the, the leadership of CareerBuilder was lacking. So those those experiences were, were mixed at that organization. You know, I did leave voluntarily and for, for reasons, but mm. they were very instrumental in even my development, my maturity as not only a salesman, but as a leader. And of course, like any job, you know, there's, there's, there's pros and cons. Uh, but really what I was looking for next was the, the next step of maturity and particularly the leadership organization, the people that would, would really help me level up and take me to that, that next level. And that's what then my next step, which was, which was at Fuse. That's, uh, you know, mission accomplished uh, by and large with them. So you're at a company called Fuse. And of course, you, you, of course, you stayed in Atlanta, right? You don't like to move. So you, you stayed in Atlanta, right? <laughs> exactly right. Yes, we, we left Atlanta and, uh, and went to Austin, Texas. Of course um, you did. Of course. Yeah. So we've been we've been a little bit nomadic. We've, we've kind of been living that gypsy salesperson life um, since. So anyhow. We, uh, but yeah, with so Netflix, that's right, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so we we left uh, Atlanta, went to Austin, Texas, uh, which was which was great. We we loved Austin, 
And, uh, you know, there I was working for Fuse as, a, as an enterprise sales rep um, selling in the, the, the central and south Texas and Louisiana market. So how did you find your way back up to Spokane in the northwest? Did you raise your hand? Um, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, after spending, uh, you know, admittedly somewhat a brief time with Fuse, so I was there for a, for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened there, um, you know, uh, s- several of the sales leadership, uh, several members of the senior la- sales leadership team left um, short, not, not too long after I joined the company. So the company was really going through some fluctuations. Um, things, things were going fine there, but uh, really was looking for, okay, you know, just open to, to different opportunities. So what else is out there? Um, so I had two different opportunities at the time. Um, one that would actually take me back to North Carolina um, and uh, one that came up, which was this one, uh, which was a sales leadership opportunity. Mm. So to really help this company um, do move from a really just a single channel reseller to building and establishing a direct sales team, the go-to-market strategy, uh, the whole thing. And so I came up here, it was, it was a bit nebulous at the time, really what they wanted and what they wanted to achieve, but I thought it was worth the risk to take it and to just take a bet on myself and to see, you know, okay, can we, can we make this thing work? Uh, can I go up into what was somewhat of an undefined environment and then give it definition and make it succeed? And you've been back, uh, back home, so to speak, back in the Northwest for how long now? Back in the Northwest for three years. Now. For three years now, okay. And so along the way, your your family's grown. Um, how did you manage, you know, picking up the kids and the, the, your wife and moving without? It could not have just been smooth sailing. Okay, Dad, we'll just go, no problem. How'd you manage that? Yeah, yeah. You know what? For the little ones, they, you know, they had they had always they. they I had my third one uh, the, up here in the Northwest, our third child. Um, my older two, you know, they were at the age where, you know, life is just a big adventure anyhow. Mm. And, uh, you know, they were, they were up for it. At that point, they had never lived anywhere where it really snowed. So they were just excited to get up here and see snow. And uh, for, uh, for my wife, you know, she's, she's always been a rock and has been extremely supportive. So uh, while moving isn't something we love doing, it's, it's definitely, she's been very supportive and, you know, hey, what's necessary is necessary. And it's led you to, to where you are today, right? So right. it sounds like you're pretty open just even to whatever the next adventure could bring. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I think that, you know, again, faith teaches you that, um, you know, just to hold things with an open hand to not grasp too tightly. You know, John, I think you and I could do another podcast and it would just be totally based on 100% focused on any advice for people listening. I think you probably could give me a half an hour just worth of talking about advice given what you've experienced in your life thus far. But if I were to ask you to limit it to maybe one piece of advice for somebody listening, it doesn't even have to be something about sales or in particular, but just something that's maybe worked for you in your life, what might you share with anybody listening right now? Yeah, you know, I think the one of the common denominators throughout all of this has been the excellent mentorship that I've received along the way. And, you know, I am, I am looking forward to and and starting to enter into that position where, you know, now at my life being 36 and having had some experiences under my belt where I'm looking forward to then giving back in a more meaningful way Mm. uh, to people who are on the path, you know, on the journey, Um, you know, young men and others. And if I would say, you know, to, to anybody who is, you know, in, in college or graduating early career professional, if I could go back and talk to my younger self, I would say, you know, hey, be less, you know, I, I was, I was an aggressive, ambitious 
uh, young man. Um, but I think that one of the, the, the difficulties with that type of personality is, is a reluctance to take advice is a, is a, is a, uh, probably an over assessment of reliance upon yourself, yeah. which of course is, is, is good because you, you know, you have that no quit mentality. I would say if you can have that mentality and then combine that with a, with a deep desire to seek out the, the wisdom of others, then you're going to be in a, in a great spot. And so I would say, you know, that's one thing that, you know, through difficulty, through, through the various challenges that I've seen both in my career, uh, both, you know, at work in your personal life, you know, this, this, one of the great things about sales and business is some of the guiding principles, the truths that you experience here, the things that make your job work well are applicable everywhere else in life. Mm. And it's kind of vice versa, the things that, that make life meaningful, uh, when you can apply those principles and those guiding lights to business, it makes that more meaningful as well. And so, and that has been one of those, those, those items, you know, find somebody you really look up to, not just anybody, but find somebody who you admire, uh, somebody who you want to imitate or multiple people who are like that and have a very specific goal in mind for that, for that mentor, for that, that person. And especially, and one of my experiences that I, that I would not have guessed had for having experienced this is the more successful you find people, as long as they're, as long as they're humble, right. With that one small caveat is, you know, successful, wealthy, in, industrious folks, the majority of them that I've encountered are quite generous. Mm-hmm. And so this stereotype of sort of the Scrooge person who is, has achieved success, a lot of them have done it on, you know, they were first generation, they're their first generation types, you know, they're, they're, they're new money in that yeah. sense. And as a result of that, most of them are very willing to give back very willing to be generous and very willing to offer advice to someone who is humble and being in is, is willing to be led, willing to receive it. Well, John, I think that's great advice. And uh, thanks so much for taking the time. It's early for you right now. So thanks so much for, for being on. I, I've uh, really enjoyed having you. Thanks for your time, really. Yeah, thank you. Okay, you're welcome. And everybody, everybody, thanks so much for taking the time to listen. We'll wrap this one up right now. Remember, your intention matters because... That's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here and uh, we'll do it again next week. Be safe, everyone.